Hey there, members, and welcome to the NICRA podcast, the official podcast of the National Ice Cream Retailers Association. We are all about ice cream people helping ice cream people, and we're very excited today because we have, as our special guest today in the podcast, uh, someone who I'd like to call the Queen of Treats, uh, not only in her area, but I think in the organization. Uh, we're talking to Kelly Larson of Sweet Temptations. How are you, Kelly? Great. Thanks for having me, Steve. No problem at all. Hey, I think the first time I met you was actually at the Great Lakes um, fast. It, it I, probably could be. Yeah, it, it could be. It was a long time ago. And I know or at you, least that you then figured out who I was. Right, right. right. Um, who was that crazy laughter coming from the other side of the room? <laughs> That's Kelly Larson. <laughs> Um, well, you know, it doesn't hide me very well, does no, it? No, no, it doesn't. But that's one of the great things about you, Kelly. Um, and so I know at the time you were very active uh, in that association. Um, and you've really been... It came Jerry LeClaire, if you remember him. He was a Cedarcrest Dairy guy. Um, I We were in and out of NICRA at that time, like depending on where the convention was and what our schedule was. Um, you know, there's people with pins that have been members forever. Um, but at that point in time, my mom and dad and I would come periodically. Hmm. And I think that's when I won the promotion of the year. It was in Las Vegas. I think it was around 1999 or so. And Jerry um, recruited me to be on Gray Lakes because he said, you know, we just we we just need some members here, and you know, I, we need some enthusiasm, and you know, so, someone younger would be great. Right. And I got sucked in a little bit, um, so started working with Susan and the crew over there. That's where I met my great friends from Moomers, Nancy Plummer, and I kind of turned the education around over right. at Great Lakes and helped build that show and um, really, really enjoyed my time at Great Lakes. Got to meet people like you on a whole different level than I ever had before. And um, after my terms ended, I went through the chairs and all that good stuff there. Um, I've become a little bit more active in NICRA as best as I can, Um, you know, depending on time and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's amazing the more you give to these kind of organizations, how much you get back. I can call, if I have a question on any kind of subject, most of the time I know who to call. In fact, I called you last week or the week before on a call right. that I didn't know who to call, but I, I knew you might be able to help me, you know. So um, I, I really, really enjoyed my time in these organizations. No, that's great. And, and I think that, that networking and that access to information is one of the one of the biggest assets that we have. Um, so do you want to just give us a bit of an uh, a description, an elevator speech, if you will, of uh, what your business is about, what you sell, how you sell it, uh, and uh, we can kind of go from there. Well, and I might hit a couple of your questions all together. One of the things we've been doing this week is um, talking in our local market about our stores, our history and our story, so to speak. Um, I got My first job, I'm going to call it, I mean, there's a couple other like blueberry picking and sanding boats, but, you know, that kind of thing doesn't mm. work, but... 
Um, when I was 15, there was this brand new ice cream store called Temptations in our town on the water, and it was just the place to be. So I got hired there and worked there for a few years, and it changed hands. Four years later, my parents had the opportunity to buy it. I was still in college, so worked with them during college, and a year after I graduated, I had sold life insurance in between. We had our um, next opportunity to buy um, what I would call as your neighborhood soft serve ice cream store. That one's called Scoops. And my parents asked if I would come back to work for them, and I said, sure. And it, you kind of say the rest of it's history. And over the next 10 years, we started making our own ice cream. Um, we had a seasonal, it was a store called Fats Fudge that mm-hmm. we turned into a store called Candyland. And that's where we learned how to make a lot of confections, caramel corn, fudge, peanut brittle, those kind of things. And then in 1999, we combined the candy making and ice cream making operations of our store into a um, new store called Sweet Temptations that call us crazy. We decided we wanted to be year round in Michigan. Right. <laughs> and, um, then we acquired another ice cream store the year after that. So, uh, so we're in Grand Haven, Michigan, which is on the west side of Michigan, the sandy beach side. We yep. hit the best beaches in the world all the time. Um, it's a really great tourist town. It's huge in the summer and really snowy in the winter. Um, we probably can compete with Buffalo in terms of snowiest places. Mm. <laughs> so I stole that from my friends friends the anderson you know half off ice cream when it's snowing there's no yeah you can't steal an idea it's not a good one in my opinion so (laughs) right anyway so so that that's a little bit here and there so our first store or i started working in 1985 my parents bought it in 1989 we started sweet temptations in 99 so we're celebrating 20 and 30 years this summer um, at two two of our locations so we have four ice cream location and then uh five years ago i also bought a general store in our town a hundred year three generations you know it's one of those local grocery stores iconic places so we've kind of diversified that way a little bit as well so um so do each of the four stores have a very similar offering now do you do premium soft serve and treats in all of those four locations you know, Steve, we're a little the same and we're a little bit different. Hmm. Uh, we carry our homemade hard ice cream at all of our stores. Uh, our downtown location is known for its homemade waffle cones. So our menu is based all on our waffle cones, waffle cone sundaes, that kind of thing. You don't, you can't even see a single ice cream plain cone on the menu. Our small waffle cone is the equivalent of like a two and a half scoop thing you know they're big and known for that uh, the neighborhood soft serve store is the store that sells soft serve and a premium soft serve product as well as yogurt and sorbet yep and then the other store that we bought the latest again was a 50 year old store it's called the front porch where people you know it's got a five foot banana split and so they they're the same and we try to keep the same ice cream and Sundays menu offerings, those kind of things, but they're also very individualized, very different as well. Hmm. So do you, um, as an administrator, I know you're much more than that, but 
It's interesting when you've got more Are you than. Kidding? All I do is drive around and buy bananas. That's what people <laughs> tell me. Well, that's what I was just about to say. Is that <laughs> that's all other talk? I have a speech about that. As, as an administrator, I mean, generally, first door, you're kind of you know neck deep in a lot of the operations making. You get to two, and then you get to three. And I imagine that what you need to do now with four is to basically have key people in place where you are just basically monitoring, troubleshooting buying bananas that kind of thing <laughs> you got that right you know that that is my job um and the challenge of it is we are very seasonal three of our locations you know two of them are pretty high volume and you have to run it with high school and college help how yeah. can you afford year-round good help that's i think one of the biggest challenges in our industry right. um and I get opportunities all the time. Within the last month, I probably had four different opportunities of ways to grow or buy additional businesses or new locations to go see. And one of the questions that I keep and that I came out of the convention with last year as well is, what's the sweet spot? Where is it that I grow that makes it worthwhile versus how many people do I have to hire and I'm just giving away the profits and help as well. So yeah. it's a, a question that we struggle with and um, I hope that wasn't me. Um, and I, I'm not really sure how to answer that. That's been part of my homework over the winter. I've really been looking at our structure and developing some of the younger key people that we have. I have a few in that early 20s category at my general store. I have a manager and an assistant manager, and then I'm lucky enough to have a full-time manager at Sweet Temptation. Well, she's not quite full-time yet. She just had a baby, and it's kind of working her way back to full-time. But um, it, it's a question that I think... Um, still takes a lot of my time and my homework in deciding how I want to run it. And are your parents yeah, still... That's a really long answer. It, it is. Are your parents still involved in the business? <laughs> they are. My dad is still in charge of the ice cream room, and mm-hmm. my parents are 71 and 72. Lucky to have them. They've both had a couple little health issues that we've gotten through with on both of them, but they love working. I love having them around, and am grateful that they still want to work. Yeah. Um, the challenge is going to be how do we transition and you know they're not quite ready to talk about that yet so i i hope that the question doesn't force itself on us but my mom runs she is a full-time music director at our church you know so she does the church choir and the funerals and the masses and kind of thing um and she runs temptations which is our original location on the boardwalk um so that's part Part of my homework, too, is how to figure out how to, you know, transition all that institutional knowledge that they have. Yeah. So. Um, There's a business philosophy that's in food service and I guess sometimes business in, in general where when you can get up to that three, two, three, four locations, that's where you really start enjoying I guess what we would call an economy of scale or, you know, much more streamlined profitability. Um, do you find that, that with the four locations that you're able to do that? I know you're not year-round in all of them, but do you find now that because you can share things like printing costs, cup costs, some of these other kind of bulk items that you're buying in, 
Does it make it more advantageous to spread those costs? Is that something that works well with multiple locations? We certainly do um, look at our buying and how we buy and buy in bulk and use that um, for our benefit. Um, I, you're going to kill me when I say I don't private label anymore. <laughs> well, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> different horses I, for different courses. You might be getting a lot of phone calls from uh, NICRA supplier member cup manufacturers. Well, when I talked to you a couple of months ago, I still need you to um, come and check me out, and that would probably would be one of the things that you'd say to me. Sorry, the drive through is going off in the back. They're going to get it here any second, I hope. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and um, maybe I'll go into the ice cream room and hide. <laughs> so tell me then... <laughs> What was your, I mean, I'm assuming you're a Michigan girl, what was your first ice cream memory growing up? Uh, we lived not too far away from a soft serve ice cream store down the road. My parents have always loved ice cream. We, mm. It's been a part of our lives forever. Um, we would go to my dad's family's cottage and sit there hand cranking, you know. We'd all take a turn on making the homemade ice cream to everybody get a bite out of it, you know, at yeah. the end. Um, it, and I started so young that um, it's really been a part of my most of my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so... And it's just such a... Um, when I talked on the radio this week, I just said that there's something about Grand Haven and the ice cream. You know, you get your ice cream cone and you walk the boardwalk. That's that's what we all do here. So it's just a part of our summer. It always just reminds you of that mini vacation, that 20-minute break in life. And it's just fantastic. Yeah. So what what is the aspect that you absolutely love about your business model or your business? I love the people and I love the change and um, all the, it, it's just fun. We couldn't pick a better industry. Hmm. Yeah, that it, is- it, that's probably my shortest answer, but um, it's, it, it's the best I have, I guess. No, that's fine. <laughs> so talking about people then, um, so at the height of the season, how many people do you have in your employ? Um, my guess is between, yeah, probably around 75. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's a decent amount. Some of them share. Well, yep. There's your, another economy of scale. You know, it's some of those college kids like to work like crazy. And so that they don't get a second job, I'll give them a second job at a different location. Right. Yeah, that's great. That, that's a great opportunity to do that. That's one of the biggest challenges I think most ice cream shop owners have are these kind of you know, the cusp of the season, beginning and end, particularly the end, and, you know, how do you maintain quality of engagement with employees? Well, that candy-making part of my life, um, the year-round location where we make all of our caramel corn and that kind of stuff, um, we start cooking in September for Christmas. We can't make it, actually, and unless we start that early. And... So the really nice part about those kids, I always look for some, we have a university that's 30 to 40 minutes away. I always look for kids who are going to that school who live at home. Hmm. So I'm pretty lucky that I can tap into that market and they can really help me out in March when, you know, March and April before the other college kids get home. And then they carry us through Christmas 
there's another economy of scale. So all of them who work at all of the store, if any of them, you know, might years perk up during the interview process if they tell me they're going to Grand Valley because, the, you know, they get like an extra five bonus points because yeah. Yeah. I know that the, they can help me. So, and you touched on a couple of times the the candy aspect, and I guess that's something that I'd really like to pick your brains about because I know that um, the, the, the candy process, not only does it provide another stream of revenue, but typically that stream of revenue comes at the most opportune time for ice cream shops when it's slow for ice cream. Um, had you always thought that you would add candy or was it the acquisition of the candy store that kind of necessitated all that? How did that work? Um, well, the candy store was a hobby-ish on, when, on the boardwalk because, you know, it, you sold fudge and popcorn to the people, the tourists walking by. Um, but it, what, it, once you learned more about the candy industry, you really realized how much you were missing. Uh, my husband, his first job out of college was for a manufacturer's North American headquarters here in Grand Rapids. And his first year or his second year, he was in charge of buying holiday gifts. And he showed me what they bought and how expensive they were, how much money his company spent on these gifts. And um, I was shocked. I was like, I can do that. And I can do that so much better. So it kind of, in that, by that point in time, we kind of started to pull it all together, um, the candy making and the ice cream making to go into the year-round thing. Um, and I pitched his company the next year and got the account and have had it since. They're my longest time. They took one year off to go try somebody else, and then they said, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, hmm. Kelly, can we come back? And I said, of course you can. Of course, because they're still my largest holiday account. Um, but the, the difference, um, if we, if you make your own candy, you know, you certainly have to make it through Christmas, Christmas, um, at both my candy store and my general store is my busiest month of the year. Um, Hmm. at sweet temptations, it's a good six or eight weeks because the corporate is actually really nice. It goes out the week after Thanksgiving and then the store gets busy. The retail side, um, is through Christmas. Um, so it's that month is busier than any other summer month for me. Um, but you do have some dog months in there too, you know, September, October, the beginning of November. Um, it's like you have to make it through and promote it like crazy to make sure that you still make money. Um, January is nothing on the candy side. Of course, Valentine's day, um, between chocolate-covered strawberries and chocolates. By the way, I do not make my own chocolates like the assembly line chocolates. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different confectioner that I don't want to be. Yep. There are so many people who do it well, but that's a whole nother. I mean, when you think about the investment into that equipment that and the space, I just didn't have the room for that to go there. Um, so Valentine's is good. Easter is good. So it just kind of depends on when they fall. Um, but, yeah, if you have a a seasonal store caramel corn is a good place to start Uh, the other thing we haven't talked about is wholesale Hmm. and i i wholesale my ice cream not as well as someone like henry or moomers up in traverse city but we have a decent amount of accounts who buy our wholesale ice cream 
but I have at least as many who buy my caramel corn and my fudge. Right. And I was going to ask, so exa- the- ex- what what exactly are you making? So you, <laughs> excuse me. So you do fudge. I make I make fudge, right. caramel corn, peanut brittle. Caramel apples, little and big. Yep. Um, we have a triple dip apple that we call it, you know, where you dunk it in fudge and nuts and candy. And um, they're beautiful, kind of like a Mrs. Springables or whatever they're called. Yep. And then um, we do a lot of dipping chocolate. Like I'll dip pretzels and seasonal Rice Krispie treats. Right. And if you're interested, you could certainly look at our Facebook page. We put them up all the time sure. um, for people who are. And those are easy to do. You do, you can do fancy chocolate or you can do kind of a mid-grade chocolate so you don't have to temper it. It's easier to work with. Um, and you can do lots of different things with it. So tell me then from a revenue standpoint, what what sort of percentage of sale? I know that's kind of like a how long is a piece of string question, but in the stores <laughs> in the stores where you are selling ice cream, um, what what sort of percentage, I guess, as an average yearly revenue do you get from your candy side versus your ice cream side? Um, in our Sweet Temptations location where I sell ice cream and candy and caramel corn, um, I'm going to say it's more than half that it's not ice cream now. Wow. And had you had you kind of had but that as a goal? it's my best ice cream location, right. for the record. The, where, where we ended up moving um, has its own challenges, and quite honestly, someday I would like to move this location. I went into a new retail center where, you know, the dream was they were going to extend the boardwalk down here and blah, 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 and it didn't really happen. So now it's a very expensive manufacturing facility that I'm happy to sell ice cream out of and a lot of carbon oil. Right. No, that's a, it's, it's a fascinating uh, process, and again, I think that's what um, sets you apart differently from a lot of ice cream shops. And it seems to me, I mean, I've played around with Calico Cottage Fudge and a few other different things, but it doesn't seem to be an overly taxing or an overly complicated process, right, to make your own candy. I actually sell Calico Fudge. Right. And it's so easy and it's got such a great markup. I'd love to be able to make fudge all day long. Every yep. time we have to make fudge, I, I mean, it's a, it's a really great markup and it's a great quality of a product. Hmm. Um, that's awesome. Well, hey, we'll put a link to uh, Calico Cottage Fudge in the uh, show notes here because I've actually met with them. Um, we did a demonstration. Well, they did a demonstration at the Sweets and Snacks Expo last year. And, I mean, okay. it's really – I think that process is very much like the process of making ice cream. I mean, you buy your base, and yep. once you've got your base, really what you're doing is designing your own – Flavors yeah. of fudge. You either utilize and some of the recipes that, right? Yeah, to do it, it's it's. I we were just teaching a new girl how to do it today, and I said, "Well, you really can't screw it up." And then I was like, "Well, yeah, you can, but you have to work really hard to screw it up." <laughs> it's a, it's a, they have it down to a pretty easy process. Well, that's great, um, and I think that. You know, there's an opportunity as we talk to perhaps even have a topic at convention about, you know, the profitability of some of these other add-on products. I think that, um, you know, for those stores that are open year-round and would like that kind of kick through the winter into that uh, 
Valentine's, Mother's Day kind of deal. I, I've always thought it's a great... Well, and they can always look at... I sell, I sell to myself. You know, we sell fudge and caramel corn to two of the other three locations. Right. And they sell a decent amount of it. It's not a hard thing to find someone in your area to buy it from um, if you want to start to see uh, even putting candy sticks or rock candy or saltwater taffy by your register. It's an easy add-on, add-up kind of thing, yep. um, you know, to kind of work on your average sale um a lot of us just say oh i'm just gonna sell my ice cream cone but it's actually kind of shocking once you put something out there what it really does sell for so are you a good vendor to yourself do you give yourself good terms and (laughs) (laughs) yeah we try well and on all of our accounts, we call everybody on Monday. We try to deliver it by Thursday or Friday. Um, you know, that's just how we've set up our cooking schedule for the week, front and back at the house. Um, yep. So it it's a little, takes a little bit of coordination, and that's the part that drives me crazy, especially because we do a lot of different special orders, special sizes, special yep. labels. Um, I got, well, and FISMA, you know, certainly... Um, I learned about FISMA for the ice cream making process, so I have to apply it to the front of the house, too. Right. You know, it, yeah. it, the learning that you get out of it, I think, is beneficial for everything you do. So, yeah. Hey, another thing that um, I noticed that you posted recently, and I know just from talking to you throughout the years that you're very active locally so far as Chamber of Commerce and things that are happening within your community. Um, and you were nominated as one of the top women in business in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, it, they do a um, award every other year for four different categories, um, kind of the startups, and the, the it's all by size. I was nominated two years ago by my local chamber of commerce president um and then again this year and i did not win either time which i um drives me a little crazy because if i'm in for something i always (laughs) want to win now i know um, that's true because you and i played tennis before and (laughs) yeah yeah, you get very you're very competitive kelly i i remember I remember getting a very cold handshake at the end of the of the game. I, I don't you know. must have won, then, huh? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, I selective memory, Steve. I don't really remember. Oh, I'll bet you don't. <laughs> now, no, I- it's a. Um, it was pretty cool, and you know the you don't do those kind of things to get nominated. Like they. The criteria for the award were um, excellence in your occupation, mentoring to other women, um, community involvement, um, those kind of things. Um, so it's it, it, it's nice to be noticed, but that's not why we do what we do. I do feel as a business owner, we are not necessarily re- required to give back, but the more I give back, it's kind of like ne- networking in our organization. You're doing that in your town too. Right. So you want to do a remodeling project or you want to buy this, you know the people um, that it takes to help you and to get done what you need to get done. Um, it's just expanding your network locally and then within our organization, you know, professionally as well. Right. Yeah, I, and I think that's the one takeaway 
as I was looking at that post was that this doesn't happen. You don't get nominated for something like this by being in an insulated business bubble. Um, no. You obviously have been out there involved in community initiatives, involved in the chamber. And sometimes, you know, you're more in the process of giving rather than, you know, being on the receiving end. But um, it, the the fact that you're nominated for this for this process shows that um, you've got a good reputation in the community. And I think, you know, as you said, that mentoring process, you know, regardless of whether it's in the store or not, um, certainly comes back to you so far as recognition in the community and, you know, in in – in some way, shape, or form, people recognize you as someone that they want to do business with? You know, um, it's the giver's get thing. I might have started um, my community involvement with, on a very selfish um, reason. I know I did. It, it was to start to promote my corporate gifts, and I knew I needed to learn a lot more about people in the community. Um, and I've been really shocked at how I've changed in the last 15 or 20 years uh, and serving on my chamber board and meeting all those people in manufacturing and our political leaders. Uh, I, I would certainly encourage people to, to do that. Um, and again, it, I, it's the um, people love to come to my Grand Haven, come to Grand Haven. And the more people who come to Grand Haven eat my ice cream. And so if I can make my town a better place, some, you know, I will reap the benefits of that as well. And again, it's not why I do what I do, but there is definitely that benefit. Right. Um, swinging back the to not. That is not my phone that keeps beeping. It is yours. Oh, is it? <laughs> I don't even I hear think- the beeping. <laughs> See, there's that competitive thing again, Kelly. You want to throw the blame on me rather than you. Um, exactly. It's not me. <laughs> hey, um, swinging back to NICRA, uh, for all of your years in the association, is there anyone that you know, you've know you kind of looked to as a mentor that's been particularly helpful for you in your growth process? There are so many, so, so many. And um, I have listened to all of your podcasts, for the record. I usually turn them on when I'm, like, paying bills or I'm stuck at my computer and I put them on in the background. Love to hear them. And um, some of us have some of the same ones. I have to also give a shout-out to Rod Oranger, who Hmm. um, has been a real big help in um, helping with the quality of our ice cream and um, changing out some of our recipes and our ingredients. He's, mm-hmm. he's been very, very helpful and also a great resource. On my mix question, I also called, called Rod. Um, and then the shop owner, and certainly you, um, I, you know everyone and everything, so um, you are a great help. Uh, store owners, where do you start? Um, my friends up at Moomers, John and Becky and, of course, Nancy, um, I always call them my best ice cream friends, and <laughs> we've kind of been on this journey together, and it's been really, really fun. But there's Becky and, you know, Jill and David Dedman, and they're, um, the Dick Warren was always really nice to me, and um, I really loved talking to him. But there are so many people you meet at convention, and there's always ways to take that back and I, I learned from everyone I meet yeah. um, that Katie um, 
did the cool schools um she did that for a promotion of the year i took that back home and i've given away this year we hit the eighty-five thousand dollar mark it's been sure. so successful um so it's amazing it i it everyone everywhere it, it's hard to give you a one answer to that question yeah and i think that's the strength of the organization is that you know, those who are getting into the business at the same time as you, um, obviously, it's almost like being a young parent where you're kind of collaborating and commiserating with with, with other yep, young mums and other, other young families. Um, it is, I mean, there's just so many people and it's interesting to kind of hear, you know, particularly from a supplier standpoint, I've always thought that, you know, the suppliers have such a great wealth of knowledge too and sometimes we don't, pump them for information like we should so um you know, can i you- give you an example of that i know yeah. it's very long-winded uh the vanilla guy so we have two very different vanilla companies right oh that is totally my phone because that is my doorbell so okay I there we the, go see back to you I sorry i haven't ever done this whole skype thing on my phone <laughs> um so trying to figure out you know i we've entered our ice cream for um you know to get judged and what kind of vanilla do you like how do you judge how you know which ones which ones call to you and why each of them are different you know be it on flavoring the quality of the flavoring the amount of it and both craig and the lockhead guys are very happy and generous with their time and their expertise and yeah. i love going through the line with them and picking their brain yeah. um and you can pick you know pick whatever part of our industry and our guys that there's so many rod is a great example um even if he's not the right one who sells it he'll tell you where to go yep yep very true so uh kelly if you could start this whole crazy ice cream life again and start this process of business ownership again, what would you do differently, if anything? Um, that's a really great question because there's a couple of things, but they kind of all still put you where you are now. Um, I don't know that we would have picked the location for our year-round store. We moved and moved into this area that was supposed to be all these things that it was not. I don't know that I would be the first entry into an association like that again. Yep. Um, my parents and I, I um, it took us a while to figure out who did what, and it, it was an interesting process to get there. I don't know that I would do that differently, but we might have done it sooner if yep. um, I could have felt that family business is a whole different dynamic and that would be a whole nother podcast hmm. um and how to you know and now we're including the next generation down we've got some my oldest nephew is about 22 and the ne- the youngest one i think is in third grade so we have a nice slew of them in the middle and it'll be interesting to see how they jump in and if they want to jump in but yeah. i there there's a lot of that kind of thing um, structure, um, but again, it all the, all of those decisions make you for where you are right now. I don't know if I would have gone year round. I could have had six months off. Like, what was I kidding? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what was right. I thinking? <laughs> yeah, you give yourself more time off. That's probably a good one. 
Um, and then last question, uh, what, what advice do you give someone that's listening to this thinking, I, I would love to be the Kelly Larson of my community? What, what advice would you give someone that's just looking to get into the business? You know, my dad has said this lots of times that you can always grow into things, but it's hard to grow down. Um, start small, walk before you can run. Um, we started with a, holy cow, how big was that machine? Our first hard serve was, or, you know, our ice cream making machine was a tailor that I think we got. It must have been, was that a 10 quart, you know, or so you're making one tub at a time kind yeah. of thing. And um, then we grew into the 40 quart Emory Thompson and then we bought the second one. And, you know, we started with a blast freezer and then you grow into two or three or to four. The overhead can kill you. Um, and I think that everybody thinks when you own an ice cream store that you're going to be driving your Cadillac and working for a couple months out of the year and driving around and buying bananas, right? And going to Rotary from <laughs> That's <it>. right. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely a nights and weekend business, and um, it's going to take you some cash to get started and to develop your business plan. And um, you you know all this get you where you want to go. So yeah. um, patience education resources yep it's great great advice well kelly we really appreciate your time it's it's uh it's really great to be able to talk to someone that's been in the industry so long and yet looks so young um where do we find out where do we find out more about sweet temptations kelly where do we go Sweet-temptations.com is our website. You definitely need the hyphen, otherwise you'll go to a naughty website. <laughs> right. um, you, but we spend a little bit, and that's where you can see some more pictures of all of our candy and that kind of offerings. Um, the Facebook, Sweet Temptations, and Scoops, and Front Porch, and Temptations, they're all kind of linked together, so um, you can find and see us all on there, so... Love to, if anyone wants to talk, you can always find me. And um, I'm. we have tapped into so many people in learning how to make ice cream and learning how to make candy. I always feel when somebody asks me um, that I always give the time back. Right. That's wonderful. Hey, again, we, we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, look, if you would like to be on the podcast, like Kelly, drop us a line here at steve at org. And for more information on the podcast, previous episodes, and all of the ways that NICRA can help you open or grow your ice cream business, you can go to org or simply go to icecreamusa.org. Thanks again, Kelly. You're welcome.